You found it! A Scoop of Life is a podcast produced by Square One World Media and features Cheryl Coop as host and storyteller. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast called A Scoop of Life. My name is Cheryl Coop, and I'm thankful that you have taken time to listen. This podcast is a mix of one of my personal stories, sometimes a funny one and sometimes a more serious one, together with music from Canadian musicians, and then concludes with a brief spiritual insight. I hope that as you listen, you not only enjoy it, but sense God's deep love for you and how your story can intersect with his. And now, enjoy the show. The title of this episode is Netherland and Everyland. When the world gathered peacefully in one place, it was a privilege to be there and a real life-changing experience. The year was 1986 and evangelists from all over the world were invited to be a part of Amsterdam 86, a conference organized to bring as many of them together, to learn from one another, to be challenged to live out their faith in a way that would change those around them, and to just enjoy being together. People came from literally all over the world. Here are some of the stats from the conference. 173 countries were represented, with the African continent best represented at 49 countries. There were 8,194 participants and 1,945 volunteers and other conference personnel, for a total of 10,139 people. It was recognized as a conference where more nations were represented at a single time than any other in the history of the world to that date. Not only were the attendees and volunteers from all over the world, the speakers and workshop leaders were as well. It was inspiring to hear some of them speak about what having a relationship with Jesus Christ looked like in their culture some of the dangers they faced, and yet how they were bravely sharing about Jesus in their communities. To think that I could be in attendance at this conference as a volunteer steward was exciting and awe-inspiring. First, because I had to apply for the position, and the conference organizers received double the amount of applications than the 730 stewards needed, so getting accepted was a highlight. Secondly, I had never been in a situation where so many people from such a wide array of countries were together for one cause, and I looked forward to serving them. The summer of 1986 was one of great unrest in both the Netherlands and France. The Netherlands had a group known as the Rara bombing places around the country that did business in South Africa, as Rara was in opposition to apartheid in South Africa. France was dealing with bombs being planted by a number of groups from the Middle East. As a result, the airport in Amsterdam, as well as the streets of the city, were heavily guarded, and it was odd to arrive at the airport and see men in fatigues holding AK-47s, providing protection for those arriving in the Netherlands. Due to this time of political unrest, how security was set up for the conference, as well as our days of training on how to deal with dangerous incidents, reflected the tensions taking place both in the Netherlands and France. I was assigned several tasks. However, the most intriguing one to me was to be the welcome steward for the room where the Middle East countries were going to meet. 
This position involved helping the room leader with anything they might need, welcoming the conference delegates to the room, and then doing light security for the room, being sure to alert the conference security force if anything suspicious or beyond my control was to take place. It was exciting to have the responsibility to oversee this room, as I knew that I would meet an interesting array of people who most likely would have amazing stories of life and faith. I was not disappointed. As soon as the attendees started to come to the meeting room, several would stop to talk to me and tell me a little bit about themselves. Here are some of the most memorable ones of those I met. A man from a politically oppressive country who had come to the Netherlands via several other countries so that where he was could not be easily traced, spoke of the many family members imprisoned or killed for being people who chose to follow Jesus Christ. A young woman who was studying outside of her country and as a result was able to attend the conference spoke of how her soon-to-be profession would allow her to speak directly to women about not only the abuse they may be suffering in their arranged marriages, but where they could receive help and protection. She was so excited that God had made a way for her to study abroad and what she would be able to offer to women upon her return to her home country. All under the possibility, though, of being severely beaten, tortured, or killed for doing this, but passionately wanting to take the risk, as she felt this was what God was calling her to do. A young man who had studied abroad and was now back in his home country was meeting with young professionals to share with them about who Jesus Christ is. He spoke of how their meetings had to be secretly arranged and code words used to ensure the safety of everyone at the meeting. The old man who over the course of several weeks had walked hundreds of kilometers, hitchhiked, stowed away on a ship, and then took various modes of transportation in order to get to the conference just so that he could meet others who follow Jesus Christ from countries like his that were dangerous places to declare such a faith relationship. And finally, the middle-aged professional woman who spoke of her freedom to travel the world due to her position and how grateful she was to be able to see other cultures and the ways others expressed their faith in Jesus. Yet she knew that upon arriving at home, Living out her faith had to be about actions much more than words, for words would end her present freedoms. Meeting each of these people and the many, many others who came to the room were both humbling and challenging. Humbling because out of their deep desire to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ and receive encouragement on how to tell others about it, they had and would continue to endure many hardships perhaps even death, and challenging because I realized that I had a life of relative ease, because not only could I live my life as I pleased, I could also share my faith as I pleased without fear of torture, prison, or death. Meeting these people made the world a smaller place for me, and it was encouraging that in spite of so many differences between us, the similarity that drew us to Amsterdam was that we shared the same faith. How amazing was that? Another significant thing that happened at this conference was meeting people from all over the world that served in the same youth ministry organization as I did. From these connections, the dream to have a short-term ministry that would have Canadian teens serve developing countries was born. 
and became a reality the next year in 1987. Wow, so much happened in the Netherlands that summer. It forever changed me, my faith, and my connection to the wider world. I am forever grateful that I could participate in it and serve such unsung heroes of faith from around the world. The song Alleluia by Linnea Anste, Nisalte, speaks of what Jesus Christ has done for all of the world, something that was celebrated at Amsterdam 86. Linnea was a beautiful, unique girl interned here at Square One World Media and has gone on to continue to use her gift of music in a variety of ways as she and her husband minister in Northern Canada. you tell people around the world about Jesus? A missionary traveled to a remote area in Paraguay only to find that the people had already heard all about Jesus on the radio. They were eager to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Media reaches every corner of the globe. Why not use it to spread the message of hope through Jesus Christ? To help us spread the gospel, visit squareoneworldmedia.com. The experience of attending and serving at Amsterdam 86 continues to be one of the highlights of my life. For so much happened in my heart and life there that still affects me today. The one thing that all of us had in attendance was our faith and desire to follow Jesus Christ. 
A familiar part of the Bible are the verses found in the book of John in chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. They tell the story of a man named Nicodemus who was curious what it meant to have faith and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here is what the exchange between Jesus and Nicodemus went like, starting in verse 3. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged, for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will let me know not only what you think of the show, but also something that may have resonated with you, made you laugh, or encouraged you. You can contact me via the website www.ascoopoflife.com or on Facebook or Instagram under A Scoop of Life. However, let me spell that for you, because you may think S-C-O-O-P, like an ice cream, but it is www.askoopoflife.com, like in my nickname, Scoop. I would love to hear from you. My team here at Square One World Media and I enjoyed producing this episode, and I hope you will come back and listen to more episodes as they are loaded on www.ascoopoflife.com. Music